Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That is where I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 290. And I think I'm going to call it making things easier for and on yourself. This is a great conversation with Janine. I'm double checking that she's okay with me using her name. And she says, yes, use my name. Janine is from New Zealand, as I'm sure you will recognize her lovely accent. Um, Y'all, again, it's so hard for me to not like want to speak in an accent. It's just a thing. And I, anyway, but I know it's terrible and I shouldn't do that. So anyway, but I I don't think I did at all with Janine, but after I listened to it again, and then I'm recording this, it was really hard to not go into a terrible accent anyway, but her accent's lovely. Mine would be terrible. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, um, I love this conversation. She's very honest and open. We talk about, you know, taking overwhelming things, which I think has been the theme of a lot of different, of a lot of the last several podcasts, but, you know, breaking things down and making it easier on yourself, like doing what has to be done to make it easier on yourself. And I'm also just really appreciative because she is very open about, um, just about a a really hard situation that she went through. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm very thankful. I, I'm always amazed at y'all's openness. Maybe it's because, you know, a lot of people are always telling me, oh, you're so open. And I'm like, oh, I, there's plenty of stuff that I don't say. <laughs> and I know what all the stuff is that I don't say. But I'm amazed when you guys are open with those here because it's it's helpful for people to hear because I think a lot of us are going to relate, if not to the same situation, to the feelings that she felt in that situation that she talks about at the end. So anyway, very thankful for that. Um, Just a reminder, if you would like to know more about becoming a patron of the show so that you can apply to do one of these sessions, um, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash a slob comes clean, um, or I will have the link in the show notes and you can find out um, what it means to be a patron of the show. Okay. Um, also just wanted to remind you, if you didn't catch it on Monday, our second in the series of pod- extra bonus podcasts that I'm doing um, with goodchemistrylivesherecom is came out on Monday. Okay. So that one, it's super nerdy cleaning stuff, but I find it so interesting because we're talking about the products that we have in our homes and that we're using and I'm talking to the people who are actually like involved in those products ending up on the shelf at the grocery store or wherever you get it from. So um, specifically, I talked with the head of the antimicrobial division of the Environmental Protection Agency. Yes, me, little me. I'm not little, but you know what I mean. In Texas, this random person who writes about cleaning on the internet and started by sharing my deep, dark secret and not even telling my name. That's the conversation I got to have with, you know, with the actual person in charge of the Environmental Protection Agency in the United States. We talked about the process that products go through um, in order to get approval, which means that they can be sold in stores. So I just really um, enjoyed that conversation, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it too. So I just want to make sure that you knew about it so you can go back and listen to it if you happen to miss it since it came out on a Monday as opposed to our normal um, podcasts that come out on Thursdays. And there will be one more, but these take a while to get together. So I'm not for sure when the next one will come out, but wanted to let you know that number two is out. All right, 
here we go. Here is Janine. Hi, Janine. How are you doing? Oh, good. Thanks, Dana. How are you going? I'm so glad that you're here. I'm doing really well. Um, And you are where? In Auckland, New Zealand. In Auckland. I have been there. I love New Zealand. I, it's it's one of my dream places to take my family back to because, you know, I have teenage boys and it's just such an outdoorsy country. I mean, what is it? Adventure tourism? Is that what you call it? Uh, yeah, adventure tourism. I've been to White Island before Interrupted, so. Wow. Um, it can be quite adventurous. Yes, we did um, blackwater rafting, which was underground in a. In Waitoma a, Caves? Yes. What what was the name? Waitomo. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Yes, that's where I was. I had a t-shirt I loved from there and then it finally fell to pieces, but oh well. <laughs> so, um, okay, so let's talk about you. Tell me what your unique life situation is. Okay, I'm um, married in my late 50s, no children, elderly mother next door who's actually a, comes into this as a problem. Okay, part of the whole situation. I've got two dogs, and did have a cat, but sadly she went um, to passed away this year. But um, the two dogs are quite elderly, and one has a lot of accidents. Oh yes, I'm really busy. I'm an artist, and I work full time, four days a week at an art shop, and I also have the odd jobs on one of the days that I don't work. Plus, doing all my painting. <laughs> And looking, you know, keeping an eye on my 94-year-old mum. So, yeah, busy lifestyle. Very busy. So you are an artist and you work at the art shop. Yes, I'm sort of a developing artist, but I just sold. I'm really quite excited because I sold a big picture last night at a group exhibition. So I'm beginning to feel my dreams are becoming a reality. That's so exciting. At your it own is. shop or at a different exhibition? Um, I've been doing a four-year course part-time. And it was a group, a year four group show, and I did this two meter by two meter painting, and I didn't expect to sell it because it's quite large and quite specific. You can't just put it in any old house, but it's heading off to Hawaii. So, congratulations! Wow, that's going to cost somebody a lot to ship to Hawaii from New Zealand. Yes, that's really I'm very excited and really happy. Well, wonderful! I love hearing that. Okay, so let's talk about what strategies have been working well for you in your home. Okay, um, this has been a long journey for me. Um, my mother, I wouldn't call her a full-blown hoarder, but a lot of the theme of my childhood was I can't cope. This house is too is um, too much for me. It's your father's green child. It's no storage space, blah, blah, blah. And I'm living in that home, and it's actually quite good. It actually has got storage space for a small home. Oh, so you're living in the same home that you grew up in? Yes. Okay. I moved next door. Okay. to a bigger home and she's kind of very sentimental and keeps hold of stuff and that was passed on to me and um I had a flatmate who chucked stuff out but I was horrified <laughs> the concept of throwing out a good book but um things were all very well until I got married about 16 years ago and my husband also is sentimental and keeps stuff so we had suddenly had two house loads and a truckload of wedding presents and this tiny house and suddenly things went from pretty manageable to overwhelming yeah and since then it's you know mum's actually got older and you know her house has kind of got out of control it was in control when she first got in there then dad died and he was a bit of a clutterer but he did have more sense of putting things in order than mum did I think so now I've got two houses and what has worked for me um Funnily enough, the kitchen I've kept under control all these years because I worked in a cafe. That's good training. It's one area of the house that's actually okay. <laughs> well, good. You put on your form that the container concept has helped you. Can you explain how that has helped you in your house? Yeah. Um, well, where the kitchen and bathroom have been more or less okay, too much stuff. So tidying out too much stuff. That was a light bulb moment for me. I kind of knew it, but I didn't see the concept of fixing it by getting rid of stuff that was perfectly good. Right. You know, and neither did my husband. So that has been life-changing. And, you know, my wardrobe wasn't too bad, but I had the Imelda Marcos of T-shirts living with me. <laughs> um, 
And this is how life-changing it's been. He scoffed a bit at first, and the first time I got him to declutter, maybe three wins, then reluctantly 10, and then suddenly he was chucking them out all over the place, and he's now down to about 14, which is wow. perfectly, perfectly acceptable. Um, he's really got on board. It's actually seen it's made a difference for us. And um, the other day, the precious coat started being cold, and he wouldn't make those decisions at all before. Wow. So I'm a bit more inclined to chuck out. I've got on board with the idea a bit earlier, but it's actually taken me to a new ruthless level. Well, I think once you, it's kind of like what you said earlier that you couldn't believe that your roommate threw away or got rid of perfectly good stuff because it just didn't, I think for you, you're an artist, you have an artist's soul, you see the good in things, you're sentimental, you couldn't imagine why anyone would do that. But then the container concept and letting you say, oh, this is the space that I have. It's okay to get rid of stuff that is useful, that has value, that I totally like and wish I could keep. Mm. But just giving yourself that permission then builds that momentum to where now you have that ruthlessness, which is really freeing. That's that's great. Yeah. Having said that, I am really cluttered. Yes. I'm a lot better, but I've just had this major art thing going where I've got this small studio in a little garagey type area, which has been turned into an art studio, and that got overwhelmed by legitimate paintings. So next thing, my dining room is becoming my auxiliary art studio. Yeah. Well, and I think some of that too, I know, which, I mean, I talk about it all the time, but I mean, I am struggling more right now because I have some creative projects going and I kind of have too many going right now and, and I'm overwhelmed, but I think that is part of that project brain that you have is that we have is we throw ourselves into a project, things get kind of, you know, but, but now, you know, you, you sold the big painting you know, there will come a time where, okay, you come to the end of a project and you can kind of be like, I know exactly what to go back to. I know that if my house was getting out of control, I was over my clutter threshold. So I need to declutter more in this moment when I have that time so that when I do go back to another project and get, you know, consumed with that, there'll be less to get out of control. So it's like that, even with the projects that you have going on, the less stuff you have in your house, the less the house is going to get under control when you throw yourself into the projects. I, does that make sense? It does make sense. Um, I did have my house under control to about three months ago. And then it, this whole big thing kind of actually took over. Mm-hmm. And all I focused on, apart from work and trying to keep things at a basic level of cleanliness is actually um, painting. So I don't have a... And, and actually, the kitchen's not too bad, but the dining area is a total write-off. It's an art studio and True. a messy art studio at that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about one of our sponsors, Third Love. You guys, I really, really love Third Love bras. So there really is a difference between Third Love bras and other kinds. Third Love bras are designed for your perfect fit. Third Love uses the measurements of millions of women to design bras with all-day comfort and support, and that's the difference. They're high quality, and they have great support, but they're comfortable without the pokiness and the itchiness that a lot of other bras seem to have. They offer a perfect fit promise, which means they stand behind their products. If you don't love it, exchanges and returns are free for 60 days. Plus, they have more than 80 sizes. Every Third Love bra is made with signature memory foam cups and a scratch-free band. From cups AA to I, including half cups and bands 30 to 48. So how do you buy a bra online knowing it'll be the best size and fit for you? That's where the fitting room quiz comes in. So you've heard me talk in the past about their fit finder quiz. Well, third love just launched the fitting room, a new and improved version of the quiz we all know and love like a personal shopper. The quiz focuses on size, breast shape, current fit issues, and your personal style to deliver bras and underwear that are perfect for you. Throughout the whole thing, fit stylists are available for one-on-one chats to answer any questions. Better than a traditional bra fitting experience, because this one you can do from the comfort and convenience of your own home. The fitting room has helped 
18 million women find their true bra size and you could be next. Third Love knows your one true fit is out there. So right now they are offering my listeners 20% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash clean now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash clean for 20% off today. Okay. Let's talk about your, um, talk about using the decluttering questions. How well do those work for you and what works about them? So the first one is if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? And the second one is if I needed this item, would it ever occur to me that I already had one? I'm looking for, it's actually helped me and my husband because it's, it's actually, we've got this garage that's been full of absolute stuff that's not been used in years. Mm-hmm. And it's encouraging us to, yeah, I'm trying to keep the words in my mind, but um, now where would I look for it? Well, you know, I've had mountains of Christmas trees. I can't find it every single year. Yeah. yeah so we're not getting another Christmas tree. <laughs> I mean, I've got a small one that's in the house. If it's mm-hmm. in the house, I find it. But the big ones, every year we can't find this new one we've bought. So you just end up with this pile of Christmas trees. That, yeah. Even though my husband's decluttered, they're still hiding somewhere in the garage. Yeah, so and I think, what do I actually need? What do I actually use? Right. Well, and those those questions let you work through that stuff. When you say, "Where would I look for this first? And you're putting things there, and you realize, "Oh, okay, all these things go in the same place. There's not enough room for all of them," and or it makes you realize, "I haven't looked for this in forever," because the reality is that I didn't know it was there. Here's my art, art stuff, actually. I've got two carried away at various times early in my journey. And, you know, I had to release some really – I've always had a dream of being a felter. Oh, yeah. I can't be paint and acrylics, watercolours and oils and do felting. It, it just doesn't happen. And by the time it does happen, it might happen when I retire, that stuff will be useless. So I've passed it on to my cousin's wife who does do felting. Oh, that's great. That's yeah, but great. thinking, well – it gets lost somewhere, and I found it, and I thought it gets put back there because I can't use it just at the moment. But just at the moment, it's been six years. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile, the more stuff that you get out of your house, you know, when space is a real issue for you with your art studio that you have to have places to, to store things, you said, while they dry, things like that, then the more stuff you get out, the more space that you have, the more you can kind of reassess your home and say, oh, I've gotten a lot of stuff out of this room. I could get a lot more stuff out of this room and have more space, you know, for yeah. these things that I need to do. Because it sounds like working space is is kind of one of your top priorities. Is that correct? As an artist working from home? Yeah. And the thing is too, the decluttering question was paints even, acrylic paints especially go off quite quickly. And at times I've been so disorganized, I've had too much of one color and stuff. So they've headed off to my fellow artists at work. Oh, that's and, a good idea. You know, and other places so it's made me aware of what's coming in and what's coming out you know so I've got my paints consolidated so that I'm using up what I've got and not buying more colors I don't actually use that sort of thing so yeah and where would I look for it well if I've got too much stuff I don't find it and then I find other bottles of stuff yeah it's a whole yes it does make you think those questions I don't use them directly maybe I do use them but it's definitely with the Christmas tree it's created a resolution yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about one of the situations you want to discuss specifically. Garden, that's actually my number one at the moment. <laughs> um, like the house, I feel I can get back under control reasonably quickly because of the decluttering that you've encouraged us to do. But the garden, you have no idea. Um, I've, in fact, I started a blog, which I haven't done another post in, in six months because I haven't done much gardening. But it's almost like a semi-tropical climate. Things like morning glory just take over. There's a okay. noxious weed here. Um, Kaituria grass, which is something you might have in Texas because it's good for dry weather. It's not good for humid hot weather. It can actually destroy houses. Oh, wow. You know, it's all over. Unfortunately, it's the grass in my garden, and it just takes over everything if we don't keep it under control. Okay. Now, everything very quickly becomes, it can become a jungle, and I'm not the only person with this problem. It's Okay. Let's, for the sake of making sure we're talking about the same thing, when I picture garden, 
I picture something different than my yard. Are you talking about your yard or are you talking about your yard? Okay. Okay. So that helps me because in my mind, I think, well, a garden is separate from a yard, but you, but you mean like you're outside of your house, like your backyard, your front yard, all that. Okay. So let me just ask, what have you done that has worked? Okay. This is a funny one. Doggy do maths. Doggy do what? (laughs) Maths. Okay. How has that worked? Dishes maths. And I've got two dogs Mm -hmm. and it's very easy not to pick up the doggy do's. And a week's worth of doggy do's takes quite a while to pick up because it starts melting, blending in with the scenery. But actually doing it every day or most days, it only takes a minute. Have you started doing it every day or most days? Yes. Okay. And so that's that's a huge difference. It's a um, huge difference. But okay. uh, doggy do maths is exactly the same as dishes maths. Yes, doggy do math. <laughs> I finally grasped what you were saying. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Okay. So uh, now everybody knows who's listened to my podcast that I am not a gardening expert by any means, but I'm just going to try to break this down in some of the same ways that we talk about our house, because there are a lot of similarities there. Definitely. Um, It's overwhelming. it, It is. So can I ask you now, I know this can be a little bit controversial and I don't know how things are in New Zealand, but I know for me, we finally, like I resisted for years doing a treatment on my yard, meaning like a um, weed killer treatment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I didn't want to do it because I felt like that was cheating and I felt like it was, you know, whatever. And then I got really frustrated and overwhelmed and we started doing that. And it made almost an instantaneous difference. Now, my question for you, I I don't want anybody to do that if you don't feel comfortable with it, but is that even an option in New Zealand or have you ever looked into that? Well, believe it or not, I do the weed killer thing and then it it actually comes back really quickly. Okay. And actually pulling out the dead weeds is actually even a problem. Like the kaikuri grass is actually quite tough and death it doesn't work on the morning glory at all okay it does it does help I've resorted to it as a last resort too so I'm kind of guessing what has worked I think is that is one thing that has worked a bit the other thing I think is trying to break it down into sections like I'm inclined not to do anything at all because I look at it and try and do the whole lot at once it's a bit like the home home thing when the home's totally out of control yes it's too much Well, and that's what, when I was thinking garden, the way I think of a garden, which is a part of a yard, I was like, well, can you make the garden that you're focused on smaller? So can you do that for your yard? Can you say, okay, I'm going to focus on this section of my yard that I want to enjoy the most? Like where, what part of your yard do you actually spend time in more than the others? Probably the doggy area. Okay. So, you know, can you start in that area and just, and and give yourself permission to solve the problems just in that area? I don't know how you'll solve them, you know, because I'm not a gardening expert, but if it takes extra time of getting the, um, more often doing the, you know, whatever practices that you're doing, say, I'm going to work on figuring it out just in this small area. Cause it sounds like it's just very overwhelming to you. Is that right? Yeah. And it's actually hard in your hands. Like, and my husband, it's got a really bad back. So you can only do certain things. And also we've got to sort of get onto mum's garden. So we've got two gardens. Um, We do have a lawn mowing man that comes around and that helps. But have you asked him for any help? He only really does lawn mowing. Okay. Have you Um, asked him if he knows anybody who does the other kinds of stuff? I've actually had people in before and it's really expensive. Is it? Yeah. And actually, it's you know we just don't have the money. I mean, I'm yeah. It's not like home cleaning. Home cleaning, you can actually, I could actually afford, but I'm actually not too bad at doing it. But the gardening's right. Um, no, I mean it. It's one of those tough situations because it's overwhelming. You want to do something about it because the longer you don't do anything about it, the more overwhelming it becomes. Yeah, I mean it. It sounds like the the day by day that you're doing. Okay, so now that you have the doggy do math figured out. <laughs> 
about, you know, focusing on that one small area and see what you can do that takes five extra minutes from the doggy do math, you know, like, so pick up the doggy do and then what other thing can I do for five minutes every single day for a week? And that sounds good, actually. <laughs> Believe it or not, I haven't gone the test. I think it's very similar to anything in the house, which is what good would five minutes do? Like, that's the way I think is I'm like, what good would five minutes do? So I'm not going to bother with five minutes. Meanwhile, I'm just getting more and more overwhelmed. But when I go ahead and take five minutes to tackle something, then I find out what I can do in five minutes, or I get five minutes of progress every day for a week. That's 35 minutes, you know, which then you start to feel a little bit of a chunk in there and you start to see, oh, this spot right here is consistently having such and such grow there. Okay. What can I research on this specific issue that I'm having that I can solve that specific issue that then will probably give you tools to use as you move on to a bigger spot in your yard. But I think it's giving yourself permission to, to break it down and do a little bit. Um, I think so, and I, I had sort of 10 minutes, and, and that's actually too long, so it didn't, you know, I haven't stuck to it. There's yeah. too much, but five minutes I think I could actually do. No, that's a good idea, and I, I actually think my blogging idea is not too bad because I'm sure yeah. it's a New Zealand problem, and I'm just spending, I did get some good feedback on my Facebook page simply because so many people here yes. can identify it, and I can see that just walking around the streets, I'm definitely not the only person. Well, and, they can identify with it, but also, you know, if you figure out a small thing and then somebody else who, you know, is reading it, figures out another small thing, you guys can come together and come together with your two tricks and all of a sudden you've got two and then somebody else comes, you know, so it's all that knowledge will help you as you're dealing with this ongoing issue. Yeah. I think it's in Auckland, we're all busy. Like it's like work travel times and things big and unless you're a keen gardener and that's like your like gardening to you is a hobby like art is to me mm-hmm. it's very easy to get overwhelmed especially if you don't have the money to hire a gardener you know right. and that's that's kind of where it's all I think right. like go to a small town in New Zealand everything's really tidy <laughs> yeah no I, I know what you're saying well I know for me too a lot of it was, and I don't know that this is your situation. These are just natural things that have taken over. But for me, you know, we moved in and the woman who lived here loved her flower gardens. I mean, she loved flower beds. And so she had all sorts of stuff in there. And I I didn't know at the time, but all that stuff had to be maintained. I didn't maintain it. It grew out of control and was crazy. So For me, it's been decluttering and just saying, okay, this is a nice little plant or it was a nice little plant 15 years ago when she had planted it here, but now it's a monstrosity and it just needs to be gone. Like it's beyond, it's it's not something I can manage and handle. I just had to get it out of there. Do I wish that my flower beds were prettier than they are? Of course I do. But my reality is it's actually going to look better not going to look like my vision, but it's going to look better with barely anything in it than it does with overgrown all sorts of different things. So it's like the eliminating of stuff and just saying, I can't handle this kind of a tree. So this kind of a tree has to go. I have done that with my vegetable garden because I had more time at one stage and Mm -hmm. I don't, I actually like growing vegetables, but now I've got it down to a few pots and one manageable bed because Pansy Janine would like to be a wonderful vegetable gardener. Reality, Janine, is I'm a bit slack. Well, and I think too, what you're (laughs) saying though, is you had the big garden, you had more time. And that's actually really exciting that even though you don't have that time anymore, you've figured out the minimal things that you can keep doing to kind of keep that, that itch scratched, you know, like keep that, that thing going that you enjoyed, even though it's not to the degree as it was when you were obsessed with it. Like maybe you were at one point. Oh yes. Yeah. The obsessions. <laughs> oh, the obsessions. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Let's talk about our sponsor, Magic Spoon. 
healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but without all the stuff you may be trying to avoid. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Magic Spoon is releasing two amazing new flavors for a limited time only. We're talking about cookies and cream and maple waffle. Isn't that a comforting, indulgent combination? This is the ultimate treat yourself combo. So make sure you get some while you can for a limited time, or you can build your own box. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon. If you're listening from Canada, Magic Spoon now ships there as well. And you can mix and match flavors. Like if you mix cocoa with peanut butter, it tastes like a peanut butter cup. Go to magicspoon.com slash clean to grab the new limited edition cookies and cream, maple waffle, or a custom bundle of cereal to try it today. And be sure to use our promo code clean at checkout to save $5 off your order. This offer is now good anywhere in the US or Canada, but only when you use our code at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash clean and use the code clean to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Okay. Did you want to talk about floors? I think we talked, that was one of your. Yeah. I mean, people hate talk about the dishwasher and dish maths and stuff like that. That's actually, I'm, I'm actually good with the dishes. I'm good with the bathroom. That's so but good. The floors. The floors. Um, between the dogs having accidents and fur, fluff balls and, and it, like being too much furniture probably. Okay. So what, what is your current strategy? Um, once a week vacuum, which doesn't always happen. Okay. And um, it hasn't happened for three weeks now and it's looking like, ah, you know. Okay. Okay. So. And, you, and floor wash, floor wash. You're talking about washing them. So do you have hard floors? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, and when you say washing them, what do you mean by that? Mopping? Uh, mopping, mopping. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay, so do you feel like it's not working because you forget about it or you get too busy or what? Procrastination. Oh, busy, but also procrastination. So how do you know it's been three weeks? Do you have it assigned to a certain day? Yeah, Wednesday. Okay. And is there a reason why it hasn't happened the last three Wednesdays? Like, is there something else that happens on that day that just keeps messing it up or you just didn't feel like Um, doing it? (laughs) Which is fine. (laughs) I've been working a lot extra lately and I had a lot of appointments and for mum and actually I didn't get my art done on Wednesdays either. And yeah, Wednesday on oh, yeah, last week week I got caught into work. Okay. I haven't had a lot of days off. Yeah. So so life is just really busy. Um and you said something about a lot of furniture. It's not something I can just get the vacuum out and do really quickly. It's quite hard to actually get round. You know, it's okay. like I can use five minutes and go into the kitchen and do the um dishes or whatever no problem but it's it is actually something that's a bit awkward okay do you um like what's your process do you are your floors generally picked up of stuff or it's not that they're too bad with stuff on you know what's not meant to be on the floor isn't on the floor okay but I've got a small house and really too much furniture including a piano which I don't really use that much but I probably will in the future I retire I need to actually Mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether to get rid of that or not, to be quite honest. Well, if you're not for sure on that, and a piano is a hard thing to get rid of because it does represent a lot of, you know, dreams and what ifs and some days and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you've mentioned three or four times you probably have too much furniture and that that makes it harder to, because I think to me, it sounds like the issue is vacuuming or, you know, mopping the floors makes you go, uh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you don't feel like doing it because it's like, oh, it's not just mopping the floors. It's getting around things and it's all of that. Um, do you sweep the floors even when you're not mopping? 
or do you <clears throat> usually wait and do it all at once? I try to, but the, the dog fluff, fluffs up out of the um, broom. Okay. Yeah, so it's not overly effective. So I tend to, yeah, I tend to be slack on that too. Do you have any kind of an actual vacuum that could get the dog fluff? Oh yeah, that's a vacuum. I do vacuum, but okay, that's getting the vacuum around is actually quite is you know it's quite a hard work thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like hassle. There's a lot of hassle involved. Yeah, and with the furniture, say it's too much, but like the piano. It's a small room and we've got this china cabinet that's sentimental to my husband. Mm-hmm. So I can't get rid of that. The dining area, you know, I've got this table, but I I can fold it into small, but it tends to be used large because of the um, art stuff that's on it. You know, it's one of those ones that expands. Okay. But it's all the rooms, like the spare room actually doesn't look too bad. It's a Zoom room. It actually looks really tidy and you can't see it in this video, but... I've managed to get into working area, but it's still got, it's awkward to get around. And the bedrooms, you know, again, I don't think it's too much furniture as an excessive, but it's just small. It is. And sometimes it can be very <laughs> small pieces. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be your table that you would get rid of, but try to identify what kinds of things like, okay, for example, I have these two chairs that when I had my hysterectomy a year and a half ago, or more than a year and a half ago, um, there was this chair at my church in the youth room where I would help out with teenagers that was like the most comfortable office chair in the world. And I sat in it one night and went, okay, this is the first time I've been comfortable since I'd had my surgery. And so I asked, is there any way I could borrow this chair? Well, they sent me that chair and the other one that's just like it. Like they sent both of them home because they were being so nice they're still in my house and I trip over them and I bump into them. And, and it's one of those things that doesn't even register to me. And I'm like, it's on my to-do list. I may have even talked about this on the podcast. Like I was going to do it. I haven't done it yet. Okay. But I hopefully I will by the time this comes out, <laughs> but it's like, it, I don't even necessarily think about those chairs but those chairs are getting on my nerves. And so I could go, okay, what can I, what can I be ruthless about? Cause you've already said ruthlessness has served you well, correct? And getting rid of stuff. Say what in here, even if it's just in the spare room, what piece could I get rid of so that I could leave the vacuum cleaner here? And then if somebody needed to use my spare room as a guest, we needed to use this for something. I could always move it out of the spare room, but I'm going to leave it here because one of my biggest hangups about doing my floors is the hassle. And so I've got to eliminate some hassle. So wherever it is that it's stored and it's hard to get to, I'm going to put it in a place that's a little more obnoxious, but it's all, you know, doesn't, you don't like it being there, but at the same time, it's going to make me not have the excuse of what a hassle it is to get the vacuum cleaner out. Actually, you're right. Because I've actually moved it to a smaller area on the broom cupboard which has got something else in it and my husband keeps trying to put it back in the broom cupboard which is actually easy to get to but you know it's kind of like I think about you know different people who and I'm not talking about houses that are always (laughs) pristine and perfect but you know you go to somebody's house and you think this is a well-run house I can think of, and I can't think of specific examples right now, but I know there are times where I'm like, huh, that's not how I do that. That's not where I keep such and such. And if I ever have the conversation with them about it, they have some super logical, this is what makes my life easier reason. Like, even though it feels like my vacuum cleaner should be in such and such kind of a place, it shouldn't be seen. Instead, I... I'm just going to go with, this is where I put it because this is where, you know, it only takes me three minutes to do a quick vacuum of the living areas instead of 15 minutes, which then suddenly becomes like a major task that I have to assign to a day, blah, blah, blah. Because if you do have a lot of dog fluff, you know, you you may need to do it more often. I think you're right. Yeah. And at the moment, it's such a hassle that I have to think, oh, I've got an hour. I need an hour to do this. Right. So, and, yeah. and even giving yourself permission to experiment with that. Say, okay, I think it will work better if I put it here. 
or I think that, you know, I, I'm going to leave my vacuum cleaner in this spot. And then when we have guests over, I'll go put it away. Like that'll be the thing, but you're going to be better off if you're not having to vacuum up four weeks worth of dog fluff before a guest comes over. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then yeah, if, yeah, then if the dog yeah. fluff, there really is barely any there, you know, so instead of the 30 minute job of dealing with four weeks worth of dog fluff, instead it's the two minute job of moving the vacuum cleaner out of the living area and put it in, you know what I mean? So it's, I feel like for some of us who struggle, at least for me, I get all these, what I should do or what, you know, it's like, I know I'm not doing things correctly. So what should I be doing? And instead it feels like a lot of people whose homes are control under control all the time. They don't stress as much about that kind of stuff. They're more like, I just do what I have to do, you know? And sometimes that means it's a less than ideal or less than perfect solution, but it actually gets it done. I, I think I'm not so keen on sparing because I actually use this as my, I'm in here a lot, zooming or yes. typing. Um, but the room, the hallway cupboard was working and it's when I've moved it, I think it's become more of a problem. Yes. Because my husband hates getting it out of the um, other cupboard. So he's less inclined to actually see it there. Yeah. It's more visible. Visibility. It's a, it's a visibility thing, isn't it? It can be. Yes. I mean, and I think too, you know, sometimes the, where would I look for this first? Sometimes I go, oh man, I wish we hadn't established that because, because it's, it's really hard to fight against where something has always been. And I, I feel like it's better just to say, okay, I'm going to put this in this less than perfect place because this is where everybody's going to know it is. This is where everybody can get it out easily than it is to try to come up with a better place that then we're going to always go look in that first place first and then we're going to be frustrated and then it's going to take longer. And yeah. Just no, thanks for that. That's, that sounds like a good solution. Well, good. Okay. So tell me what you, what's your favorite thing about being a kindred spirit patron? Actually, I think I, I just like the Facebook group and the fact people share their different experiences and I get some good ideas. And it's good to know that you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really a bigger piece of the puzzle than maybe a lot of us give credit. You know, I mean, a lot of us, yes, it's important to do the things, but just even to know that I'm not the only one having to make a decision between where I'm going to put my vacuum cleaner. You know, I mean, like all that kind of stuff is very helpful, I think. Well, I had a, a really bad shaming experience a few years ago when some we were interviewed as foster parents and for various reasons they really picked my house apart right in a really nasty way oh. um and there's kind of you know I won't go into the details there's sort of other stuff going on um and it was a perfect storm the dog had had some accidents but she had a health problem I mean everything just went and I knew my house was untidy and I'd sort of always made excuses and it could have been cleaner at that point but um you know, it's actually good to realise that I'm not alone and I'm not not abnormal. Right. You know, I I knew I wasn't a hoarder as on the TV program, but they were trying to make me feel a bit like that's what I was. Mm. And yeah, they weren't very nice people actually. I don't think. Ultimately, I th- I think fostering wasn't for us, but certainly there were nicer ways of actually doing it. Mm-hmm. But you know, to me, it's important. I mean. <laughs> I, I since then, you know, I started watching the hoarding shows and I knew that wasn't quite me, but that's the absolute extreme. But there's a whole lot of us. And the thing is, people sharing photos, you realise that you're not alone. There are solutions. And, you know, I've been ashamed to have people in my house since that, those awful people came through. Yeah. Um, it was quite horrible. I'm really sorry that happened to you. I... um. Well, and and I hope it helps you to see that there are a lot of us out there who are functioning and living and peaceful and happy in the midst of our less than perfect houses, you know, and it's possible because I, I, I relate to what you're saying because I've heard it before. I've, I haven't had the exact same experience, but I've had people be horrified you know, for me to 
share something and, you know, how can you live that way? How can, you know, whatever. And it's, um, you know, which is the whole story behind, you know, what I do is why I was so ashamed and didn't use my name forever. And, and I'm, I'm just really sorry that that happened to you. I'm glad that you've, you know, made peace with how that made things turn out. I mean, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And so, but, but I'm sorry that that had to be the way that that happened because that was wrong of them. They were wrong to make you feel that way and to treat you that way. Just, I, I acknowledge that there are people who I couldn't live, who, who feel like I couldn't live in a house with that much stuff in it. And I'm like, that's great. I can, you know, I can function yeah. pretty well. <laughs> and when, when you don't acknowledge that different people have different clutter thresholds and all, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I teach these things because I want people to know we're all different and you have to figure out what works for you, but you also can't push the way that works for you on somebody else. And it sounds like that's what they did to you. Yeah. I realized at the time that uh, for various reasons, I mean, it was a, a bit of a story was I was planning to get the place sorted, but, um, and they had a course on to be foster parents and I actually thought, oh, I'll do the course now and they'll come around later. But of course they came around straight away and that wasn't kind of what I was thinking in my head. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you didn't have time to prepare and. Well, yeah, I actually knew the house was a bit of a mess, but you know, like the house really badly needed painting and actually we were onto those things, you know, so it was a perfect storm for various reasons. Yeah. But I, I didn't feel after that, I'd never felt abnormal before that. And I knew my mother was actually bordering on, was always scared about having people in. But after that, I felt really scared about having people in. I'm sorry. So I'm over it, but, but it's yeah, still hard. I'm, just, I'm just so pleased about what you do, Dana. Thank you. Because I think there's, there's a lot of desperate people out there and I've been one of them. And I had sort of got on the road to recovery of the house before I heard your podcast, but you put in a lot of pieces that were missing. So, you know, thanks for that. And, you know, sometimes on, on the Facebook group, I mean, I've shared photo, photos. I probably haven't looked as bad as some of those other photos because I have been a little bit further along in the journey, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We're all at different places in the journey for sure. But I've definitely know what it's like to be absolutely overwhelmed and absolutely feeling heartbroken. Yeah. And scared. Right. Well, thank you. Thanks for that. Thanks for being willing to share. And I really appreciate that. Um, is there anything you wanted to talk about that we haven't talked about? Yeah, I think we've covered a lot of things. I mean, I've still got a big challenge. I'm not really on top of my mum's house. She lives next door and she is, I am able to get rid of stuff. And I guess just finding the time to just slowly do what I've done in my own house and work on her home she gets home help but they only do cleaning yes I've got to basically the big thing is to declutter can you are you starting with the easy stuff there yeah okay and even the easy stuff you've got to be so careful was because she mixes up precious photos with old newspapers so oh wow that's hard yeah but I mean now through this program because I've got on top of my own house I feel more in a position to start working on her home and getting that into a bit more semblance border. So yeah. I really appreciate that, Dana. Well, and just realizing it, it's going to be an even slower process probably for her house than it, you know, has been for your house. And, you know, and just like your husband's come along on the journey, how it did not make sense to him at first, even when it made sense to you. And I think what you what you just said a minute ago about acknowledging that everybody's at different places in this journey. You know, I, sometimes I'm that way with my husband. I'm like, what, you didn't know this. You know? <laughs> and then I have to realize, oh, I learned that within the last year or two. I can't expect him to know it either. Uh, which is sometimes hard with our moms, you know, because they taught us so much you know, <laughs> that it's, it's sometimes hard, but yeah, just not remembering and giving, reminding yourself how far your husband's come, how the, you know, the difference for him, in his understanding and willingness and just realize that that will come with her at some point, most likely. But in the meanwhile, even if you just keep throwing away trash, you know, just keep doing easy stuff, just keep getting rid of the stuff that she actually has been meaning to get rid of forever or whatever, you know, helping her with that, you know, you're going to get there. 
Yeah, well, she's or, more willing to throw stuff away. Um, she watched a few hoarders. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. <laughs> it's actually made her more willing to let go of stuff, I think. Yeah. Well, good. Good. That's it's great. amazing how helpful those programs are. <laughs> well, I think, honestly, that is that is one of the, you know, it, it can really scare you straight, you know, sometimes like, okay, yes, wait, I don't want that to happen. But I always feel so much compassion because I do, you know, again, I try not to talk about hoarding because people get all worked up about it, but because it is a, you know, something beyond my expertise, but I understand. And like, I, you know, some people there are, it's kind of like the people who came to your house and were very rude and judgmental. There are a lot of people who watch it and go, I can't believe anybody else, anybody would let it get like that. And I'm like, I can see how that happens. Like, I feel like I understand how it happens. It just builds and it gets a little bit more overwhelming until you put it off and it gets a little bit more overwhelming until now I know there are other things at play there, but, but no, I, I watch with a lot of compassion. So me too. This is yeah. uncertainty, no judgment for me. Right. Right. So, okay. Well, but, thank um, you so much. Thank you, Dana. Okay, guys. Did you not enjoy that conversation with Janine so much? I just appreciated her sharing her situation and, you know, the things that she has been through that we can relate to. So um, I'm very appreciative that she was willing to come on and do this. And um, if you would like to know more about being a patron of the show, about being a kindred spirit, that's what we call ourselves, you can uh, go to patreon.com slash a slop comes clean. All right. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.